0: Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk Okay, I think we'll officially get going. So good morning Living Stones. Welcome to our cafe Church this morning. Morning Ellie. Uh, Welcome to visitors who are with us this morning. You're most welcome. And let's start with prayer, shall we? Father, I want to thank you that it is Sunday morning and we are back together as family. Back together to worship your name and your amazing saving grace and heart and love for us. I pray this morning as family we'll learn something new about the scripture that we're looking at, um, something that will change us and change the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Claire. Claire's going to lead us in worship this morning, ably assisted by Liz, so I shall hand us over to them.
1: Morning, everyone. Um, I was just thinking uh, a little bit what to share, and um, suddenly sort of felt like we were at a whist drive. Everyone sort of so many spaces, and everyone in tiny little. <laughs> it'd be nice if we all <laughs> snuggled together, but we're not. Um, but th- uh, that aside, I was thinking about something to share, and um, something came into my mind. I've been reading through Samuel, and um, if you've read Samuel, you know about. Uh, saul and David, and we always think of David as being th- the really good king, and uh, Saul as the very bad king uh, and I was thinking about saul 's life and how sad it, it, sad it was uh, that his heart really wasn 't right before the Lord, and that 's what led him to where he was basically and um, I, and I was thinking about if you remember the Lord sent Uh, a spirit to or something to disturb him and when he was really in a bad state he would get David to play on his harp for him so uh, I'm not going to boast that for you but (laughs) but the thing is that struck me is the um, maybe you're, you're all okay but I know for myself I get a tormenting spirit and basically that's me I torment myself and the way that God helps me to deal with it is he, he reminds me to look to him and to let him his his life come into me, his goodness, and to think about um just to think, think about that, and uh, you know we get we get tormented by our own problems, by what we think are other people's problems, et etc, and it's it's about giving ourselves to the Lord and let, letting his spirit um set us free. And uh, this is a lovely verse that um, that Lord's shown me a number of times. Uh, it's from Zephaniah 3, verse 17, and it says, the Lord your God in the midst of you, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And I just thought, he's going to rejoice over us with singing. Well, isn't, that, isn't that fantastic? I mean, that would chase a lot of Horrible things away from us and i think when we you know when we come together we need to when we praise he says he inhabits the praise of his people so jesus is here it's it's remarkable you know why should he why should he come and and be with us but he wants to be and it's it's a a marvelous thing so um, we're going to start by singing um now is the time to worship because it is May stand or sit or do what you like.
0: Thank you, Claire and Liz. Uh, let me just press some buttons. Right. Thank you. Plenty of voice, I have to press buttons. <laughs> this is the portal running round. Where are we? I think we'll do notices. Let's get that out of the way, shall we? Parish notices for the week. Parish notices. The parish of Livingstones. Tomorrow is a bank holiday. Yay! All those who work are going, yay. Some are saying, not for me, it's not. Those who are retired are saying, bank holiday, what's that? Um But tomorrow <laughs> never heard of it. Tomorrow there is a jumble sale here. Uh, 10 a.m. to 12:30. It is a fundraising event for uh, Freedom from Fibro, which is raising funds to send coin off to America, hopefully f- uh, for life-changing treatment. Jo, I know, would have been working really hard. Uh, she worked incredibly hard with her friends around her to get the cake sale up and running, which raised just shy of 300 pound in the end. Um, which is just over. There you go. So, I don't know how much help she's got tomorrow. Um. (laughs) Okay, so there's five or six here selling Jumble. We need more than five or six people here buying Jumble. (laughs) 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 Um, Pop in, find a bargain, buy a present for someone. Waste some money. Um, Yeah, Jumble sales, always good fun. So that's that one. There is lunch today after the service. We are in the hands of Mr. Paul Carter. Um, If you're visiting us this morning, we have a fellowship lunch after the service. You're more than welcome just to come and join. Uh, What flavour soup have we got this week, Paul? Squash flavoured soup. Oh, no, I don't. But there you go. So there is lunch after. Um, Then what have we got? On Martin's email this week, you'll have the link to the uh, Zoom online testimony evening tomorrow. Um, So that is in the email. Tuesday is fasting and prayer as it is the first Tuesday of the month. So that will be here, uh, 7.30 for 7.45. Also, on the uh, Martin's email, uh, Wise Buys, the shop here at Community Wise, is advertising for a shop supervisor job. It may not be for you, but you may know somebody who is interested. Um, I think if people are interested, it's uh, probably either Paul or Claire. Is it... Okay, S- Right. So, we are seeing change of the um, interaction between church and community-wise, um, and this is another way that we can support the work there if there's somebody from the fellowship here who feels that's right for them. But equally, be praying if there is somebody you know who could be right for the job. Make sure they get the application. Uh Kaz.
2: You'll be delighted to know that Liz has got her spreadsheet out and uh, church camp planning is underway. Oh. <laughs> 26th to the 29th of August. Um, look out next week for forms. I'll bring. We'll try and get those in. Um, if you have any desire to help or want run an activity or uh, cook or do any of that kind of stuff, please give me a shout. But just uh, just to say, just look out for the forms for next week.
0: Okay. Everybody's <laughs> witness to that, that we have a barbecue cook. Yeah? Everybody's witness to that, that we have a barbecue cook. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the barbecue's, Sean, barbecue's been moved this year to 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> right. Along with this, I think we'll get this out of the way as well. Uh, so, I'm going to send the uh, collection basket round this way, Uh If you are a visitor, um, please do not feel obligated. This is a church family thing. Uh, Kids, I am going to put your one on that table there. So you can come and um, pop your coins in there for the guys in Uganda. I'm going to collect my thoughts. Okay, so while the basket is doing its final final few tables let us father i want to thank you for your bountiful grace that provides for our needs and i pray that our offering here to you is just an outpouring of our gratefulness and our heart and our love for you take it multiply it use it where you need it to be used within your kingdom and for your kingdom. Help us, Lord, to have a grateful and generous heart to actually not match your generous heart, but to be just a slither of a reflection of how generous you are to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, now. Over at Cafe Church, we have been looking, um, I think it must be over, well over a year now, at Paul's missionary journeys. And we have crossed that point of, if you look at Acts, where it says, you "No, know, and this is the end of the second journey, and this is the start of the third. But he hadn't got home yet. So it's either just somebody editing the text or not, we don't know. But... We have come to a story. Now, parents, I have to issue a PG rating for today's story. If you've pre-read it, you will know that this story contains demons, violence, and nakedness. If you haven't, we're not editing it out. No. I, I, ah, I must put a caveat on this. Contrary to some of the stories which I've done when it's been my turn for Cafe Church, we are not acting this one out. So you please feel free to keep all your clothes on, church. The story contains nakedness, but our meeting does not. <laughs> okay, but what I thought we'll do, we're going to look at the, the scripture altogether. I thought we'll have a little quiz this morning. Um And we will have a quiz that has come out of my mind. This is your warning for you. May, could you distribute these for me? I think we need two per table. So, May is distributing your quiz papers. You have got uh, 12 questions. On these papers, you have either got people Paul met or places Paul has been. That sounds simple, doesn't it? There are anagrams and there are pictograms for you to work these out. If you've got children on your table, they need to be involved. Thank you, May. If you're finding it a bit hard, There are, scattered around the room, the answers. So if you do have a child on your table and they want to find an answer, they can get up and run around and do it. So this is your first talk to each other activity. Try and solve my quiz. Okay, I think it's probably time for some answers. So, if you're going to return to your seats and I'll get Chloe to play the answers because they're all going to appear on the screen and you can grow. So, your answers are coming up here. So we've got a barn and a bus. Barnabas. Here we go, a barber's pole and us. So, Apollos. <laughs> Paul's giving me a disapproving look for that one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's your first two anagrams: it was Alexandria and Thessalonica. Cat holes as in. Here we go. It was a Caesar salad and a weir. So it's Caesar weir. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't Caesar bum. (laughs) That's the suburb. That's the bit where you don't want to go to. All right, here we go. Prince Philip and a pie. Philip pie. And we had Ephesus and Timothy. Yep. Thy it mo. There you go. Right, here we go. This is your sounds like. Derby? Sounds like Derby. Can do. It didn't work when you put that in the anagram generator. It just came out with the same word. <laughs> here we go. Ant and lock, anti ock <laughs> Come on, this is a youth worker doing it, so you have to go sort of like, you know, here we go. Micro, uni, iconium, and the the gas. No, that's wrong. That should be the has. That's no, Athens. That's me am my spelling again. Was it right on the sheet? Yeah. Right. Woo. So, how many of you are going to feel really smug and having done it without looking at any of the tables where all the answers were? Because the answers were all stuck to the front of the tables. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which team is going to feel smug because they didn't look? There you go. I just thought it would be a bit of fun for a recap. Right. So, our scripture this month is Acts 19, verses 11 to 22. It just finishes that little bit. And I will read it out for us, um, where's my group? okay? So for my group, and if May and Emily want them as well, and there's felt tips there, because you have got your own bits and pieces in here to work out the story. So, Lives, are you going to? Is that you volunteering to distribute those? So you can go give those out. Right. So, here we go. Acts 11 to 22. God did extraordinary miracles through all. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were were cured, and evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who are demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honour. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. Asia? Okay. After I've been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Eratus, to Macedonia, where he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. I'm going to give you one or two thoughts and then I'm going to give you a good time to discuss this one yourselves. And then we'll have some feedback because this is an interesting little bit of scripture. Now Sometimes, these are the sorts of scriptures that we find difficult, especially when it talks about demons and casting out of demons. Now, when we were in lockdown and I was doing Zoom Sunday school with the kids, we were talking about stories, and I just mentioned, did you know there's a story which includes flying pigs in the Bible? Nope. And then we did, Jesus casting out the demon into the pigs. These are stories which actually... Sometimes in work with children and sometimes as adults we skip through because they are problematic. We don't like to think of the flip side. If there's angels and God at work, then actually there has to be the other side. The devil and his demons have to be at work. And this is a story about that. It starts, though, glorifying the work that God was doing for the Holy Spirit. And it was out working for our Paul. It's actually really quite clear in that, that God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Paul was um, the vessel for these, the Holy Spirit to be working. Now, this bit about aprons and handkerchiefs being taken off and given to the sick and they were healed, that puzzles me. I know in the Gospels we have... Um, the lady who was so ill that all she could do was just about touch Jesus' cloak in the crowd and she was healed. But that is Jesus, the Son of God, so full of God that his cloak healed. Does this therefore mean that if there is a a Christian who's so full of God and the Holy Spirit working that if their sock goes off to somebody, then they'll be healed? I don't know but we're definitely told this about Paul, about his apron and his handkerchief. Maybe when you're discussing it, somebody will have the revelation as to why that is so important to be pointed out or where the relevance is. Now we do hit on something which is a bit more reminiscent of the modern times. There were people who made their living driving out evil spirits or making the show that they're driving out evil spirits. All through history, we have had this, people offering healing, uh, selling snake oil in the old Wild West. You know, this is your cure-all. And reeling out people who supposedly were sick and then uh, two days later were healed because they've taken this potion or whatever. And here we have, you know, the axe time. People who were claiming that they had authority over sickness and demons. And we're told that there were these seven sons of a Jewish high priest. Now, the concordance I use has a little aside, and I did you know, dig around a bit more, and yeah, there's people who will support this aside, people who question it, about whether their dad was actually a Jewish chief priest, or whether it was a title that he gave himself. This is the family business. I'm calling myself chief priest and the sons can now go out and operate casting out of demons and we get paid for that. There's a strong suggestion that that was the case. So these guys jump on the bandwagon, seeing Paul doing what Paul does, teaching about Jesus, Holy Spirit flowing through, praying for people and people being healed. And they think, There is a formula to it of invoking the name of Jesus in casting out demons or healing people. But they missed a vital part. They had no relationship with Jesus or the Holy Spirit. And because of that, they had No authority from God to invoke his name in the casting out of demons. And ultimately, they were called out by the very thing that they were confronting. We have scripture here saying, a demon who's in possession of this man saying, I know who Jesus is and I know who Paul is. I've got no idea who you are. Even the demons knew the authority of God via Jesus and via his apostle Paul at this time. Would they recognize the authority of God in us as a people of God? An interesting question to ponder. And we all know and are aware of the various moves of the Spirit over the last few years, the ones which have borne real fruit and the ones which have come crashing down and then have been found out of actually, perhaps God was not really there in authority and sanctioning what was going on. When we are praying for people to be healed, and if we are called, the holy spirit to be in this place of praying against demons we have to know that we are operating in that authority of god and the holy spirit at that time for that purpose in some of the work i've done with young people we have been in that place of having to pray against the devil's control in some people's lives It's only been a couple of times. But it was definitely the time and the place that God had put me and another leader in that place for that moment. Because what we're up against recognised the authority of God through us. It is... An interesting question. Because we see this amazing reaction in the Jews and the Greeks around who heard. And it says, the fear fell on them and the name of Jesus was magnified. We here have a record of amazing change in people. Openly confessing what they had done. And then burning what was, if you like, if they were into the sorcery, what would have been, at that point, their version of a scripture. Life so changed that they burnt everything to do with their previous life. I think in the modern world, we actually lose this um, awe and fear of the name of the Lord Jesus. I don't think sometimes in Western Christianity we really understand what that verse means. So it leaves me with some questions before I'm going to leave it to you to discuss around the tables over coffee the rest of this, what you think of this. Because this verse to me ties to moves of God that we have seen in history. This very much could be the sort of move of God that people like Smith Wigglesworth writes about during great revivals, walking into towns to preach the great message of God and the people who came to hear en masse, even turning up to towns before they preach, and God's in front of them and the town has already repented and changed should we expect God to work like that today through us his church for the Holy Spirit to be that powerful in our lives and for us to be that obedient to follow it that actually we can get out into our community preach the messages of God pray for people and their lives are impacted so much that they get this fear of God and the awesomeness of Jesus in their lives that their lives change immediately. Could you imagine what that would look like? You know, we walk out here and we pray for people out here and bring the gospel to just these few roads here. And the fear and the magnitude of the name of Jesus Christ falls on these houses that they change so drastically that anything which they feel is not of God, they bring out and burn in the middle of this little bit of Mockham Road. I'm not sure whether I find that an amazing thing to think about or a frightening thing to think about. But as we look at these verses of this little story of Paul operating in the Holy Spirit, shouldn't that be our expectation? If that is what we say we believe, that God can do this and can change life that amazingly. I'm going to hand over to you now. Talk about this scripture. There are bits in here which you're going to say, I don't understand. There's bits in here which you might say, actually, I don't like that bit. Because this is one of those scriptures which can be a bit like Marmite, actually. And then we will. We, we're at half eleven. We've got plenty of time to discuss this and feedback. Grab a coffee while you do it. Just spend some time mulling the scripture together. And let's see what God brings. Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you for these examples of these apostles. And thank you that we have the opportunity to read it in our language and the freedom to sit around a table and openly discuss what this could mean in our lives today. I pray your Holy Spirit will be at work amongst us as family as we mould this scripture Church. Okay, so has anybody got anything they would like to feed back on? Who's got? Who's going to be brave and say, Oh, we thought this." No takers. Do I need to pick on a table for some feedback? Well, has anybody got anything which they would like to? Say after discussing discussing this bit of scripture.
3: Yeah. Right, yeah. hang on.
0: Yes, we do. No. Yeah. Don't know how to use it.
4: <laughs> right. Uh. Yeah. I felt when I first started coming to the Lord, there was a lot of stuff I got rid of. A lot of my old, like my denim and leather jackets, and the heavy metal records and punk rocker records, all got. And people say, "Oh, they'd be worth money they'd be worth money, but I don't want to give them to anyone else. I'd rather just chuck them I mean And uh, things, as you say, these guys that the sorcerers and the the exorcists were there with all their apparently their documents, what they burnt and their books' I've got, got in my footnotes There would have been over a million pounds worth. So, oh, couldn't you have sold that but who who would it have been good to? It would have just been distracted. And another thing I will confess of getting rid of was I was uh, addicted to buying a message Bible some years ago. Well, I chucked that. I didn't think it was uh, at all uh, accurate in the scripture and I felt it sort of steering away. There you have it.
0: Anyone else? It's got something they no want to feedback with.
2: Not really what we were discussing, but, but from there, um, yeah, I've, I think for us all to cleanse, you know, I had to throw photographs away, books away, certain reminders of my old life in order to be able to walk fully into the n- being a new creation. So there was many things that I just had to destroy, mementos and everything else, because it just brought me back into wrong thinking and i think that's what you've got there you know it's like th- it is the new creation they're being born again into a new life so that was their earnings i mean this was a big deal thing this was just the same as the disciples leaving their fishing business you know and walking away these got this was their earning and they just destroyed it it's like i want no more of the past and that's for our personal lives too it's like, I, I, sorry. I shared a room with a lady on this course. It was a three-year course in the states, and we did get rid of our photographs. And these, you can tell how old I am. Um, and then she later went back to the gay life and got married and everything else. And she said to me, when we burnt the photographs, she said, "I kept the negatives in a box under the bed." And it's like, yeah, we hold on, don't we? So r- routine cleansing is a good idea, yeah.
0: It's attitude check as well. How many of us change our attitudes um, because when the Holy Spirit impacts our lives? How many of us cleanse those?
1: This one. Well, I'm a fanatic jigsaw puzzle person. And I got these two puzzles in Hailsham, and they, they're great puzzles. And I thought, ooh, one was a fairy, <laughs> and the other was a temple. And I thought, ooh, perhaps I'd better not. So I thought i slung them in the dustbin. Very noble of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit extreme. I
0: suppose. Anybody else got something they want to share from the scripture we we're talking about? Yeah? Here we go.
3: Yeah we, we were um, uh, concerned with, with this business of the handkerchief and the apron and, and, and what that was all about, um, hoping that the handkerchief was clean apart from anything else. and this this sort of giving um, objects uh, a, a divinity and, and a healing um, power and we thought you know there, there are um, current religions where they will be, very concerned about that this is a splinter from the cross of christ and and therefore it will have healing power um and, and and you know where do we go with that and certainly the that the sort of practical things like jeanette was talking about photographs um the masons have a huge amount of paraphernalia um, and my father-in-law was in the masons and he was quite high up and, and so on and, and we we had uh, quite a difficult time at one stage I- in our lives, and uh, the advice given to us was that we should clear out all this stuff that we still had from his Masonic staff. And we did, and we, we literally had a bonfire in, in, in the garden of it. There, there is a, a strange power in some of these things which I'm sure the, the, the devil can use um, but clearly here the hanky and the apron you know they they were they were a source of healing uh, so I mean we didn't come to any great conclusions but we, we, we did think on those things <laughs> uh, uh, I, s-
1: I suppose uh, I mean thinking about throwing away things I, I had to throw away I used to in my youth I w- did judo. And um, I had to throw away. I had a medal. I had this m- whole all the stuff related to it. And I had a, this license because you get a license as well to kill. I suppose I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> st- still got it. Uh, a- and uh, and so I, I had to burn all that. And it was it, it, again. It was just it's that cutting off. And because judo and that those kinds of things has c- got connections with a, 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 the sort of eastern religion. So again, about this cutting off we were thinking about these aprons and hankies, uh, was that, is that just like a token, it's more something to encourage someone's faith not the thing itself, And so once, an, uh, uh, as Liz said you know, once the person got the healing the hanky itself didn't have any power it was that, that it was like a, a verse, a verse sets us free sometimes so is it, I, is it like receiving that verse and going yeah it helps you to, encourages your faith so maybe something like that
0: Anyone else? Yep. We start really to st- seeing this scripture as well. What it means when Paul talks elsewhere about being transformed from our former selves, don't we?
2: Because
0: these people were. Robbie.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking. <coughs> Sorry about my squeaking. Um, but it's interesting. I'm very. I think of the, the Beatles a lot. Don't particularly like that bit. Be- and I think it's very interesting when they went to the gurus in India. They brought back something of the spirit of their religion influential than anybody in the country of bringing a darkness to the young people. They were at the studio, but I think I'm saying this and and it might be a bit drastic, but I believe that the music industry is full of questionable (laughs) things. And uh, we know that. You know the.
0: Okay, I think one of the things which um, really comes through from this scripture, as well, is these people got rid of the things that could have control over them after their life had changed. And working with young people and teenagers, as I have done over the years, one of the things that we we used to do a lot when we had big groups of um, teenagers was help them to really dissect what they were watching, what they were reading, what were they listening to, what was the subculture they wanted to belong to, and what control was that putting in their lives, in their behaviour, in their attitudes. Um, I DJ. Um, And actually, there is a section of music that I will not play. Which is quite interesting when you get somebody's playlist and you're like, no, 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 no. Because I do not want to play it. I do not want it in my collection. Uh, I've been doing it for a long time and actually I did what Jeanette was (laughs) saying about the photographs at one point, we destroyed, I think it was somewhere in the region of 207-inch singles. Because it was just like, we can't play this anymore. Um, Maybe that's what the Holy Spirit's brought us to today, asking us all to consider this point of these people came under the fear of the Lord and the awesomeness of Jesus' name and the power of the Holy Spirit and destroyed their scrolls and the stuff, which was part of their um, income and their livelihood, which would have formed their whole lives. Perhaps the Holy Spirit this morning is asking us as people, as living stones, are there things that you're holding on to That's stopping you taking the next step with me. Stopping me being able to work through you the way I want to, or the way I desire to. It's a challenging thought to finish with. For all of us. Let's pray, and I think we'll leave it. To your stories, Ken, Ken, get under our skin and really make us think about not necessarily what the story is about, but just one phrase can be the revelation that changes our hearts and our lives. I pray that this morning, everything that we've spoken about, we've said, and we've looked at, your Holy Spirit will sift it in our hearts and will muse on it with you. And we'll take seriously this question of, is there something, God, that you are asking me to shed? Not just to put to one side, but shed. If it's an action that therefore has to be made to break the power of something, Holy Spirit, in your power and God's power, give us the strength to do that. If we don't have the strength ourselves, put on us in the direction of our brother or sister to walk alongside us and help us. Father, I just pray that your love and your grace and your peace will flow through us this week and through this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Lunch will be served in a little while downstairs.